from newstalkzb.co.nz. It's the Mike Hosking Breakfast with BNZ. Go there and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB, and this morning, uh, people who haven't paid things they're supposed to getting stopped at the border. How's that working out? Uh, it seemed to get off to a good start, but it's, it's, a, it's a little while down the track now, so we need to check up on that. Uh, regional taxes, uh, exactly what many of our hosts predicted seems to be happening. And uh, yeah, that whole streaming sport thing. That hasn't worked out at all for Optus in Australia. Uh, but before any of that, it's baby time. Oh, for God's sake, Mike. I tried to give that as much life as I possibly could because it's an email of note. Would you have a word with your colleagues? Read the impending birth of a Dern's baby. She's simply another first-time mother about to give birth. I'm not sure I technically agree with that. Uh, not royal, not even close. I do agree with that. Calling it the nearest thing to royalty we've ever had is gilding the lily with so much gild, the lily's wilted. Which is weird, because I've never really considered Barry Soper to be much of a lily gilder. He's a bit of a lily gilder this morning. Don't get me started, says the email, about the first baby moniker that keeps popping up. I hope all goes well for them all and everyone is fine afterwards, but sheesh. It's not enough use of the word sheesh. S-H-E-E-S-H. Oh, Marcus Lush uses that a, a bit. I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's a, I'm he's not a surprised. Yep. way back. There are babies born every minute of the day, all of them special to their parents and families. This one is no different. This I'll, I'll say this just one more time. Apart from anything, I am increasingly embarrassed to be a part of the media in this country. The media has lost the plot in the last couple of years in general terms. Uh, and I put it down to the fact that the media is so busy these days trying to produce content, they've lost the terminology of what content is. It's, it's not just stuff. And unfortunately, it turns out to be a lot of stuff these days. And they've certainly lost the plot around the Prime Minister. The Prime Minister having a baby is of note. There is no question, because there are very few Prime Ministers who have had babies while in office. As far as I know, there are, will be two. So that is of note. There is no question about that. But we seem to have got hopelessly carried away with the concept of a woman having a baby. And I talked to Jacinda Ardern about this a number of months ago, when it was actually a story, which it isn't now. And what you're seeing a lot today and what you will see over the next few days is just the regurgitation of the same stuff we've talked about for months on end. Thus, it's become incredibly boring. And that is the Are they going to be regurgitation stories? It could be regurgitation uh. stories. So on one hand, you've got this business of women can do anything, uh, women are wonderful, women break glass ceilings, women get on and run the world, all of which I am for. And so I asked Jacinda Ardern this. I said, well, which is it? Can women do everything or are we making such a big deal? Because my argument is this. If women can do everything and they should be able to do everything they want, why then do we make a big deal of it? And she couldn't really answer that because there is no answer to it. So it's one or the other, folks. Either having a baby uh, is a fantastically exciting deal and we should, should stop in the street and wave banners and get carried away, or it's not, and if it's not, Let's just carry on with life and see it for what it is, which is something that happens every single day, hundreds of thousands of times all over the world, and acknowledge individually in the set of circumstances that it is a little bit unusual that a woman in high office would give birth, and to celebrate that fact, most of all, and I think the email sums it up beautifully, most of all, we wish a couple well when they have children, as we've all been wished well when we've had children ourselves. It is something most of us has gone through, most of us will go through, it's not actually news. The news aspect was a Prime Minister's having a baby and that got dealt with months ago. It'll be dealt with a little bit today because it's actually happened. Beyond that, 
let's just see it for what it is. And I'm assuming Jacinda Ardern would agree with me. Let's just see it for what it is and just get on with life. My fear, though, hence my embarrassment of being part of the media, is that won't be the case. And my suggestion will be tossed in the bin and there will be clickbait galore for months to come. More's the pity. What What if, just, just what if, though, it comes out and there's like this amazing sort of golden glow around it? <laughs> then that's a story, isn't it? That's a story then. If that happens, Glenn, I'll apologise and we'll chase an interview. So the government has, has claimed back heaps of money, apparently, from like uh, student loans and people paying uh, child, not paying their childcare by stopping at the border and saying, hey, cough up or you can't leave or you can't come back or something. Anyway, there's a lot of that stuff going on, but it, it, the, the numbers might be a little bit deceiving, according to Mike. The reality is $2 billion is penalties, and penalties accrue. In other words, if you don't pay or you're late, they bill you. And they bill you on top of billing you until they collect the money. Now, one of two things is happening. One, you've got your genuine deadbeat dads who don't pay and they've scarped, therefore the growing penalty element is pointless because you're never going to get the money back. And two, when and if they do track these people down and arrest them at the airport, the border, whatever, if the person is prepared to cut a deal, penalties are often wiped. Common sense rules that they see a person willing to pay. Which leads, of course, uh, out of the original 2.7 to just 700 million. In real payments, only 700 million, not actually in the grand scheme of things all that much. And that figure, by the way, is dropping and dropping for the first time, and here's the reason to celebrate, the first time in 20 years. And then we come to the myth number two, student loans. Far and away the largest number of ex-students owe between, are you ready, 10 to 14 grand. That's it. Not exactly a Queen's ransom, is it? Uh, Of all the hundreds of thousands of ex-students out there, only 1,600 owe more than $140,000, so not many at all. Once again, a lot of that is penalties. They're people who have gone offshore hoping to escape their responsibilities. So at $15,000 or less, this is not a debt to sink you. It is not a weight that holds you back. It is not a preventative to borrowing money for a house. Student loans have been held up as a barrier to learning, as something that haunts you for the rest of your days. Nothing of the sort. Where the government, by the way, aren't doing their job is getting the arrears back. Now, National, when they were in power, cut a deal with Australia, you might remember. It's been wildly successful. But of the 90000 in default, owing the $1.2 billion, once again, a lot of that is penalties. And what makes it worse is the government's got no idea where the 90,000 people are if they're not in Australia. Of the locals who have defaulted, they only owe $100 million, which is less, of course, than 10%, less than 10%. So next time you hear the news that students are sinking in a world of debt, remember the stats. Like so many things these days, woe and misery and financial hardship is peddled as a piece of propaganda, not an example of an actual fact. I've got a trip to uh, China coming up. I'm going to go and visit uh, the Huawei factories, factories in China. And um, I'm just worried. I'm worried about uh, the border, border control here. I'm worried about the border control there. I'm just worried that I've done things that I don't know that I've done. You know what I mean? Does it ever play on your mind? I'm sure I haven't done anything. I'm very boring. Uh, I, I mean, uh, what I'll tell you what I'll be doing today is paying extra for petrol for various reasons. Did you honestly think? that when every other council in the country saw one of their counterparts raking in millions from motorists, that they wouldn't want a slice of that action? That they couldn't drum up a whole list of reasons as to why they too needed a similar mechanism? And so it has come to pass. 14 councils and counting. Now, where the government has got themselves in trouble is they argue, of course, that they have the right to say no. But in saying no, all they do is get up the nose of local authorities. Do they really want to do that? I wouldn't have thought so. And here's the really bad news around a petrol tax. It leads to the cost of everything going up. 
hence the stupidity of the idea in the first place. Everything we buy has a petrol component. When the cost of producing and delivering goods rises, that rise gets passed on to who? The punter, you and me. That leads to inflation. Inflation leads to interest rate rises, which leads to mortgages going up. And when you pay more for bills like mortgages, you have less to spend on other things, which you can't afford anyway, because they've gone up. Thus, the economy slows. None of this is complex, and yet it seems to have escaped the Phil Twyford's of this world. So he's misunderstood basic human nature, what one gets, another wants, and he's misunderstood basic economics, making things more expensive leads nowhere good. Now, something else that's led nowhere good is, of course, the uh, the Optus package for uh, Australians to watch the, the uh, Football World Cup live on the internet, except it didn't work. A lot of people turning things off and turning them back on again to try and get it going, and it's still not working. Bummer. SBS... It has got worse. The hole is bigger. Uh, SBS will continue to play the football in Australia because Optus don't know what the hell's going on. Initially, Optus gave SBS the deal for a couple of days. Those two days are up, of course. Uh, Optus deeply regret the service has not been up to standard. They will allow SBS to broadcast all the games until the end of the group stage of the tournament. Have they tried turning it off and turning it back on again? It's my computer this morning. I'm running around the office screaming, going, why is this bloody thing not working? Glenn comes up. We tried turning it off and turning it on. And that, interestingly, did work. So if we get Optus on the line, let's let's give that. I mean, what else? I mean, it I'm can't available get, can't for hire as a technical consultant. Can't get any worse for them. But, uh, geez, that's, that's basically, more importantly, as I said yesterday, it's not just the tournament. Forget the tournament for now. That is Optus's reputation in the toilet for years to come. They've ruined it for themselves. Yeah, I'm happy to... Um, in fact, I'll, I'll put the hours in. Uh, just if, uh, you know, a very large, obviously, consultant's fee, and, and basically people will ring me, they can go in a queue, um, their call will be important to me, and then eventually I'll answer the phone and say, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? And I think that will fix 99.9% of all their problems. I am Glenn ZB. Uh, technical guru. I will see you back here again with more re-wrapping tomorrow.